Hello, Jordan. What's going on, Michael? Just had an all-time lift, and uh, my my neurotransmitters are all firing on all cylinders, and now we're here doing this podcast. You had an upper body push, right? Push day. Went well? Yeah, it was, it was a good workout. It was very, very intense and got through it. There we go. Yeah. It's, it seemed like it was, what, 45 minutes? Relatively quick. Instead of doing a full upper today, I broke it out and, and then resting tomorrow. I did upper push today, upper pull tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. There we go. Had some protein right after. Took some of my Legion athletics. Always. There we go. <laughs> yep. Yep. And here we are. How are you? Feeling good. Going to preemptively apologize for the jackhammer outside of my apartment right now. If you can't hear it while you're listening, it's because our uh, podcast engineer, David, is just a genius at taking the noise out. I'm ready to get out of New York. I'm ready to leave. You're very close. I'm so... Less than two weeks. Yeah. Less than two weeks. 13 days. Ready to leave. So yeah. I, I would imagine you can't hear much of it, but we can. <laughs> There's, if you've seen any of my Instagram stories where I look out the window and it's just honking and beeping or construction, there's just intense construction going on outside my window right now with the jackhammer. Just like, <laughs> and, and kind of always Constant. like construction, fire trucks, and just nonstop beeping around rush hour and always. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. In New so. York City. Uh, where should we start? We have a great episode lined up. We got a bunch of good questions. Here's, here's what I was thinking. This is something you mentioned to me a couple months ago, but, um, it hit me today lifting because of all of the writing we've been doing on our book, which we have our, our, a more firm deadline at the end of the month, but revisiting, really? you know, <laughs> <laughs> Kind of. Another deadline. This deadline's been pushed back so many times. We missed a couple deadlines, but it's... (laughs) We're we're getting real close, and we are thrilled about what we have written. The quality of the book is... I'm very excited about. So, screw the deadlines. The quality of the book is great. Yeah, it's done when it's done. You can't rush things like this. Yeah, exactly. And we've been putting in basically daily sessions, and we're getting there. But digging back into some of these concepts... um, Specifically, the one that I was thinking about today was my NEAT, my non-exercise activity thermogenesis, because I have kind of played with calories recently. Actually, we should back up even further. I told you the other day, unfortunately, I had a funeral to go to, Mm -hmm. and I had to wear a suit that I hadn't worn in (laughs) a few years. This was so good. And This was so good. When, you know... 15 minutes before I have to Uber out there, I start getting ready and realize that my suit does not fit me. (laughs) (laughs) And and these things don't happen. I mean, partly because of the type of clothes I wear and partly because I've stayed in a relatively narrow range for a long time, but I was too fat for my suit. And I made it work. I hiked those pants up and, you know, I didn't make any sudden movement. So not to rip anything, but immediately I was like, okay, well, I, I should probably dial things in a little bit here. <laughs> this is the first time it's ever happened to you in your life. This was the first time since I was 18 years old, a freshman at University of Wisconsin-Madison in the Langdon dorms and uh, saw a picture on Facebook of someone like you know, bent over, potentially throwing up. I don't really remember, but someone in their boxers in the dormitory bathroom. And I was like, oh, like, what was he doing? Like, what was that? And and this, you know, it, I didn't think it was me, but it was me. And I looked big. And <laughs> you're like, whoa, I look like that. <laughs> and, and that was probably two or three months into freshman year. And that was when I dialed in nutrition and, you know, started working out more consistently, et cetera. But yes, this is the first time that's happened since then. And so over 10 years ago. Yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. 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 And and so I I dialed things in. I've been paying closer attention to nutrition and my training has gotten better as a result. You know, doing the little things that that you may skip out on uh otherwise. And just thinking about neat levels and the ability to intentionally and deliberately have a higher calorie expenditure from random movements from stairs versus elevator from 
you know, between sets today, like stalking around the gym. Like, Were you doing that? Like you were walking around the gym? Oh, yeah. Well, had some DMX going. Oh, and, nice. And just, yeah, angry lift, angry high-quality lift. <laughs> but, you know, it, it all adds up. But I was applying that to what you said to me, which was, it's crazy how in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the best coaches are continuing to refine their own game and are mm. continuing to roll and are continuing to like be extremely passionate about the martial art into their coaching career. Yeah. Whereas in fitness, it's so common for trainers to, you know, peak in their interest in fitness, maybe before they even get into the industry. But once they are coaching people, more often than not, their own fitness takes a, you know, takes takes a hit yeah yeah it becomes less of a priority absolutely yeah mind interesting for sure yeah i mean it's especially in-person coaching right where it's like when you're Exhausting. on the floor 10 hours a day like just sometimes the last thing you want to do is work out but uh it, it's been yeah it's been really cool for me to see that with jujitsu i think there are are a number of reasons for that with jujitsu um i think the most most of which is Jiu-jitsu is, it, it's so much more complicated than strength training. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I sort of tussled with this for a while. I was thinking maybe it's not much more complicated. Maybe I just don't know as much about jujitsu as, as I do about strength training. And when I first got into strength training, I thought it was way more complicated than it is. And there was that like learning curve of learning strength training and understanding, you know, the different aspects of it. But the thing about, about jujitsu is it's always evolving because it's not in strength training, it's you versus the bar, right? The bar remains constant in terms of maybe you can slightly improve your technique, but deadlift technique is deadlift technique. Mm -hmm. Bench press technique is bench press technique. If the bar was changing shape as you were lifting, and if the bar was, was actively trying to do something to you, then it would be ever evolving. Mm -hmm. But because jujitsu, you're going against another opponent and the other opponent is maybe they have a different style than you. Maybe like they're, they're, they're stronger than you, more conditioned than you, more flexible than you, whatever it is. It's always evolving and it's always changing. And there's so many different ways to uh, practice jujitsu based on who you're going against. You aren't the only variable your opponent is. So for me, I think that adds a separate, uh, another component to jujitsu that makes it almost easier to stay interested in because it's, you never get to a point in which you feel like you get it. Cause there's always someone better and there's always more room to improve. Mm -hmm. And there is an argument to say that in strength training, there's always more room to improve. But uh, I think, uh, it's been that that's been one of the exciting things for me with jujitsu seeing like, I'm, I'm looking at black belts who've been doing this for 30 years and they're just as passionate and excited about it today as they were early on. So yeah, that, that makes total sense. And it's seemingly as an outsider is more complicated. Um, and it sounds like that's your experience too. Do you think, do you, th are, are you different as a coach and a content creator and, you know, someone who helps people in fitness when you are completely off of it versus when you're in more of a routine? Like, I think we talked once because we do so little in-person grocery shopping here in Manhattan that when we were kind of during COVID, you might've been in Boston, yeah, yeah. I was in Florida and, uh, Going, walking through the grocery store and just remembering things that are like, you know, little food choices or things that you might not remember unless you're applying those principles to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I remember walking through the grocery store. I, I maybe go into a grocery store like once every quarter when I live in Manhattan. And it's usually just because I'm walking by one and I'm like, I'd like to get something from the hot bar. Not because I actually need to go grocery shopping mm -hmm. just because, you know, Amazon is just so much easier here. Um, but yeah, when I would go to the grocery store and I was like, oh my God, look at all these different food items. Look at all like the different options here. Mm -hmm. Like my creative mind for content just started going again. Also, same thing when I was cutting weight for my jujitsu competitions, because that was the first time I really not only had to, but wanted to dial in my training and nutrition mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for the first time in, in years, just because I had a purpose and a reason to do it. Mm -hmm. it it's funny, like when I did the Big Mac challenge, it was the same thing. It was because I had, it wasn't a competition, but that whole month I was cutting well mm -hmm. with that added caveat of having, needing to eat a Big Mac every day. So mm -hmm. my desire to make content, my creative 
uh, mind, if you want to call it that, was much more excited because there was like so much focus on it. Mm -hmm. But when I don't have that focus on something that I'm doing for myself, it's easier to just be like, eh, what am I going to post today? Eh, what I won't need to post today type of a thing. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah. Heard you saw a pretty good movie recently. The Last Samurai mm. on your recommendation, which I... If you had given, if there was a bet, like, hey, do you think you've seen this before? I would have put money on me having seen it before. Yeah, you told me you had. I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that movie. It was great. I literally thought that I'd seen the movie. And then within the first 20 seconds of watching the introduction, I was like, I've never seen this movie in my life. <laughs> I was just, I was so confident that I'd seen the movie. And I think I had just seen the previews growing up for like the, you know, for the, when it was coming out in theaters. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. So good. So, yeah. Big recommendation if if you haven't seen that. It's a it's Tom Cruise is playing uh an American general, I believe if I remember right, yeah. or or retired American general. In 1876, general. I believe. Okay. I believe it was a hundred is under 100 years after 1776. I remember that point in the film when he was when he was captured and it was like he he was given the date 1876. Yeah, that that makes sense given the weapons that they were going up against, et cetera. Yeah. But it's, it, it shows, uh, you know, the samurai, the, the Japanese samurai way of life that we'll just call it very different than the modern Western way of life. And something that in, in at least some aspects of it, we have been yearning for applying concepts of it to our own life. And, uh, just a great movie. Just very well done. Yeah, I thought Tom Cruise played that role so well. Mm-hmm. And also really got me thinking about, I need to get out of New York. <laughs> <laughs> I need more nature. There's a lot but of space in it nature. It's funny, and this isn't spoiling any of the movie. Nothing we've said has spoiled it so far, if you haven't seen it. But when early on in the movie, he, he gets captured. And this is doesn't spoil the movie at all. But as he's noticing what the samurai are, samurai are doing his description of of their lifestyle and, and specifically like i've never seen more discipline it's like mm -hmm. every day is devoted to perfecting a certain practice mm -hmm. and like it was just so good i was like man i really i need to get my life together <laughs> <laughs> i enjoyed hearing those journal entries that yeah he was writing analyzing their way of life and just how different it was even from his way of life back then yeah i also liked there was a this is sort of like a subtext of the movie but there was at one point when they actually brought it into the the vocalized conversation of when tom cruise was talking to the head samurai i think his name was matsumoto and K either katsumoto maybe? oh katsumoto yeah, yeah yeah katsumoto and uh and Tom Cruise was basically just saying, like, your your methods are barbaric. Like, what you did is is terrible. And the samurai was like, our culture seems weird to you, and your culture seems weird to us. Mm. And it was a, a, a subtext to the film, I think, throughout the entirety of it. But I think it has a, it speaks a lot to today as well. How what might seem weird to you because of the culture that you're in. It is totally normal to another culture, and it doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's a it's a negative thing. It just means like that's not your culture. So rather than judging it at face value, maybe take the time to learn about it. Yeah, and immerse yourself in it because I think it's so easy, especially you know I think a lot of people are going to get mad, especially as Americans are going like very quick to judge. America's huge, it's massive. Like in Europe and in other countries, like you can take the same size place and there's so many different countries and cultures within that same space. Mm -hmm. For me, it's one of the, been the benefits of traveling and seeing different cultures and communities and different, uh, different aspects and ways of living because it's so easy to judge another culture, another uh, society or another way of living just based on what you've been brought up with. Yeah. So I, I really liked that part of the movie. And even the differences in culture within America. It's mass. Oh yeah. That's a good point. It's massive. Yeah. 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 Great movie. Watch it if you haven't. It's uh, it's worth it. Question number one. Jordan, pick a number. One, two, three, or four. Four is my lucky number. So Is it? Yeah, my lucky number. Why? Just the number I always picked when I was playing baseball growing up. Oh, every, that was every your year sports I was four. number? Yeah. Interesting. What's your lucky number? I never called it a lucky number, but my number was 22. 
Well, so it's not lucky. It's just your number. Yeah. That's got to be lucky if that's your number. Maybe. And you're not picking it because it's unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> Why 22? I honestly don't remember. I think it was because I watched Matt Duncan, who was several years older than me, in a, in a Christmas tournament when he was a senior, uh, Bloomington Jefferson against Edina, or maybe they were playing against Eden Prairie and it was at Braemar Ice Arena. And uh, it was a, a high school hockey tournament that went, it was different rules than the normal tournament because it was then the normal season because it was this tournament. And so it went to a shootout like NHL games. Oh, do nice. Now. That's fun. But um, I think they do now at least, but he scored a goal in a shootout wearing 22 to win the game. Like That's this awesome. Sick Deke five hole. And, and I remember being in seventh grade, maybe and being like, I'm switching my number to 22. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number four. I hope he listens to this podcast and hears that. <laughs> Shout out Matt Duncan. Uh, tips to minimize fat gain during a bulk phase. I'm going to let you start with this one. I feel like this is your specialty. I, I have a few ideas here. And the biggest and most important one is just, it might seem basic to people listening, but have have a target number of calories and actually track, mm-hmm. right? Like <laughs> so many people just dream bulk um, thinking that they need to eat an excessive amount of food to gain weight when really, you know, somewhere in the 300-ish plus calories per day surplus is about where you want to be on average. Mm. And and measure your weight and measurements and adjust your intake as needed over time. But if you're just eating everything in sight because you think that's what you need to do to gain weight and you gain 10 pounds a month for a few months, it's like, congratulations, you gained 30 pounds and you gained you know, four pounds of muscle and 26 pounds of fat. Like you got yourself in a predicament here. So actually tracking is the first one. You've got yourself in a predicament here, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, It's it's not a place that most would want to be. Two other things. The first one is, the first one's actually more important and it's intentional neat or or even, uh, you know, we're just going to use the formal words of the of the four components of metabolism intentional exercise activity as well as non-exercise activity meaning uh, keep some cardio in your bulk um, there's been a little bit of research to support that some cardio can improve insulin sensitivity which can improve calorie partitioning which can mean you can gain slightly more muscle and slightly less fat which over time adds up uh, and uh, and I have found that to be true anecdotally and not only with some cardio, but also with, you know, stairs versus elevator with like moving around with making those little decisions that get you more activity throughout the day are going to allow you to gain muscle without gaining as much body fat. Mm. And, And then the very last one that always comes to mind for me is carb versus fat ratio and depends how intense you want to be, right? Like eating 650 grams of carbs and keeping fat under 45 every single day is not fun, not fun digestively. I wouldn't do that myself. I I have in the past and it works physiologically, but you know, with more of an emphasis on health and and how I want to feel, I wouldn't do that these days, but uh, just don't go nuts, right? Like don't build your surplus on 200 grams of fat per day, keeping carbs at like 80 to hundred grams, right? Do something like 70 grams of fat, 300 carbs, for example. So those, those are my three. Yeah. I mean, I would say all of those, I think the, the funny one is the first one, which is just, you know, actually tracking. Yeah. Cause I think everyone's made the mistake when they've gone to their first bulk, like they finish a cut and they're just super excited to eat. And so they're like, Oh, nice bulk now. So they think they can eat so much. And then like four weeks in, they're like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I put on way more fat than I was supposed to in this time frame. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I see that the same mistake with people trying to bulk and also uh, oftentimes in pregnancy and they're like, I'm eating for two. Um. And then like they eat way, like, like they just eat way more. And uh, if you listen to a lot of what doctors are talking about now, that's like, listen, 300 calories, maybe 500 calories extra, like at most, but you don't need 
like tons Double. of extra food. You're not eating for two people. Like mm-hmm. it's not like you're actually doubling your calorie intake. Yeah. And uh, for, for actually for the woman's health and the health of the baby, like you shouldn't be doing that because by the end of the pregnancy, you could have added way more body fat than you needed. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes uh, in addition to that, if you continue to do that, it'll be harder to actually get walking in and regular exercise, which would have negative effects down the road. Yep. So uh, so yeah, actually tracking and making sure, like I would say treating your bulk like an extended cut if you will, like not looking at them as separate things, more as just like, if your cut's going to be 12 weeks, it's, it's not, you don't end counting tr- calories at 12 weeks, like mm-hmm. count calories. And I don't know, for 24 weeks mm-hmm. and, and consider that before you get into it. I would also say one of the bigger issues I see when people start bulking is the fear of gaining any body fat. I think this is like one of the, the biggest ones where yeah. it's like, they're so worried about putting on any body fat that they actually don't even go into a surplus. So they're not even bulking. Mm-hmm. Like they say they're bulking. It's sort of like the people who say they're cutting, but they're not even in a calorie deficit. Like, well, I'm in a deficit, but I'm not losing any fat. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you're, you're not in a deficit. It's like the people who they cut very successfully, but are now worried about gaining body fat. It's like, hey, you know how to lose fat now. I would, I would argue that oh, that's almost everyone's first bulk. Or a lot of people's first yeah. bulk. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, you, you don't want your progress to be ruined, right? Yeah. But uh, like you were just saying, you know how to cut. You 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 did it. Like, you know. I think that's the most important concept to internalize is you now know how to lose fat. Mm-hmm. So what's the issue? If you want to lose fat again, then you just need to go back into a deficit. But the issue is they're worried. Like, I think this... You know, can come with some body dysmorphia where it's like, you think that adding any amount of fat to your frame is just going to make you look gross Mm -hmm. when it's like, number one, no. And number two is that is actually going to help you build more muscle simply by making sure you're in a surplus, just a slight surplus. You don't need to eat too much, but it's going to help you and it's going to help your your results over time. And, uh, and then when you decide to cut later on down the road, you'll actually look even better right? Your, your physique will have improved as a result of your body composition will improve. So, uh, I think those are the biggest mistakes that I see. Yeah. That's a great one. I think part of that is also driven by like checkout counter magazine fitness culture and, and on the bulking side, especially the, the guys who, you know, have an FFMI of 32 and have all this lean mass and are 5% body fat and shredded. And if that's someone's like goal physique, when they're starting a bulk, then they expect to add muscle without adding fat to end up looking like that. Right, right. And they don't know what's going on in that guy's <laughs> regimen to, to get him there. Or how long he's been doing it, even like regardless all, of what's in the, Yeah. All, yeah. He's been doing it for 12 years, lifting heavy, eating really well. It's like, okay, this is your third month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how many rounds of bulking and cutting has- Correct. Yeah, even if we're not talking like magazine freak, just like a, a in really good shape, intermediate- trainee, like that person's gone through many cycles of bulking and cutting. Like that's, you're not going to get there on your first one. Agreed. Yeah. Good that was a good question. That was a, good was question. a great question. Came from your Instagram. Uh, oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. Nice. When, when we, when we took a log of those, um, this is slightly off topic. Did you hear, but, but it's about beauty standards and expectations for how to look. Did you oh, hear about this Chloe Kardashian thing? I heard about it. I saw some videos about it, but I didn't consume all of the content on it. So I have a very, uh, it's like, I will call it the previews. Like I have, I didn't actually read the whole book on it. I didn't see the whole movie on it, but I I have some context to it. Yeah. We both just have the previews. I don't even know if we should just sit here and speculate without really knowing. Let's do it. Why not? (laughs) Here's two guys who just make stuff up. (laughs) Didn't really dig into this, but we're just going to spitball on it. I saw videos on it and I purposefully stopped watching because I'm like, this is the type of stuff that I have no interest in, in terms of like, this is going to make, this is going to make my day worse mm-hmm. if I actually consume this content. So I deliberately stopped watching, but let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was along the lines of her being upset that a certain photo of her was published. And I don't know who was publishing it or where it was coming from, but it didn't have the proper edits and the proper filters Mm. and the proper, like, make her look a certain way. Mm. And uh, from from my unknowledgeable on the subject standpoint, it sounded like she was kind of playing the victim to- Oh, really? To 
society has such hard beauty standards and like this one picture of me gets leaked that where I don't look perfect and it's like you've put those other pictures out well not only that but they the Kardashians were the first ever to do the like I made a video on Instagram in 2014 I think or maybe 2015 about all of this like fat redistribution mm. like you know getting fat pulled <laughs> out of your stomach and injected into your butt and <laughs> And you know, oh, all man. all of the surgeries, like facial and just all the stuff, yeah, to to look absurd, whatever whatever that means aesthetically, like this new look, right, that we see on yeah. the internet. Um, they started it, yeah. They were the first to do it. They popularized, correct. It. And now it's like beauty standards are just so hard. I don't know. You contributed to that difficulty. It's like created it Cre yeah <laughs> i mean you know maybe not in massively influenced it yes like, yeah massively influenced it i mean yeah i didn't i didn't know that she was upset about it that's interesting to me so App apparently was trying to like get the pictures taken down from online Good luck. so they were <laughs> <laughs> i've seen them all over the place not to mention i mean it's like i don't know I, I have no idea. I, I think it's a little bit ridiculous that she'd be upset about it if she, if she was actually upset about it. It's like, I don't know why you're mad. Um, I saw uh, the other, what I saw was more people tearing her down. Like I hadn't heard that part. I just, hmm. I heard, I, what I had seen was people being upset at her. But if it might change context now that I have the understanding that she was upset about it, if she was publicly upset about it, now I can actually understand why people would have been upset with her. So mm -hmm. that makes more sense. Yeah. I thought people were just going after her because they found these pictures of her and they were like, oh, look, you've been lying all along, da, 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 da. Um, oh, I think that's well known and obvious. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for me, it. I forget the quote. You remember when you, Pat, and I were reading the Bible mm -hmm. like a year ago now, mm -hmm. um, there was a quote that... I, I don't, I won't remember the exact quote, but I'll never forget this lesson that we got from it, which I loved, which is basically to the effect of, if you're going to judge someone, you better be ready to be judged by those same standards. Mm -hmm. And I see so many people hating on people for using Photoshop or whatever it is, but I'm like, I see you using filters in your pictures all the time. What in the hell is the difference? Yeah. You're changing how you look to mm -hmm. get a certain response. Mm -hmm. That's it. it. It yes, like using Photoshop to change your shape is a more intense version of that, but you're just you're doing the same thing slightly diluted. So don't make yourself like out to be so self-righteous because you use a, a less a lesser version of that evil. Yeah. Right? It's like and I use filters too. It's fine, but like don't go after someone when you're doing the same thing. Yeah. I, I think yep, like yep, stop that's going after people, period. Like relax. Go after substance, not the individual. This is why yeah, like, I the hate idea, Yeah, the, go after yeah, the idea. Don't go after the, the personal person. attack. Yeah. I'm tired of that stuff. Yeah. Great little great little side. That, that was one of my favorite quotes from that time that we spent with Pat. I'm I I think that was in the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew five, but I don't remember I don't remember either. I don't yeah. 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 All right, now you got to pick a number one through three. Two. Half of my favorite number. The most <laughs> annoying request you get. Oof. The most... An um, Man, there's a lot of annoying requests that I get. Uh, you can think for a second. Yeah, let me think. You go first. I don't first. really get any annoying requests because I don't look you probably at the do. places oh, no, where I know, they're requesting. I know what your most annoying request is. You know mine, but you don't know yours. I know yours because you talk about it. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's funny. People will send me the annoying request to share with you. <laughs> oh, if they ask me why I'm not making content? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't annoy me anymore, though, because I don't see it. <laughs> but it does annoy you if you do see it. You know what? This is a, this. We just go deep on this podcast. It's all we do. I think, to be honest, I think that sure we'll call that my number one, and I think it's funny. But I think it annoyed me more because at the time there was a part of me that felt like I should be making more content. Like I, I felt guilt about not making more content. I mm. felt like it was something that like I had to be doing all the time, always, forever, and. Since that time, my mindset has just changed. Like, I feel great about doing these 
near weekly. We, we aim for weekly. We really do. <laughs> but these podcasts, I love it. I, I love that we don't promote them. So the people that find them and continue to listen are either through referral of, of the awesome yeah. people sharing on their story or uh, people who just find it, who knew of us and, and like it because they like what we're putting out. You know, we're not pushing it. I like this more than, uh, and, and I like this, you know, we've talked about this, but I like this form of discussion yeah. rather than uh, other forms of content creation. It's the one that I enjoy the most right now, especially with you. And so, yeah, historically that has, that has got me a little, a little worked up, but. That's one of my favorite parts about this podcast is like, and that we don't promote it. Like you never see us promote this on, on social media. Um, I think this podcast and the the community of people who listen to it, this is the closest that we can get to a, a real community without actually being together. Mm-hmm. In terms of if you if you really start to promote it, you get a lot of other different you know different types of people in there who uh, there there can be people who are offended and people who are upset, and it's like mm-hmm. the people who stick with this podcast just because they happen to find it, maybe because we were geniuses with how we came up with the name for the podcast and just SEOs super super well, but like the people who stick with this podcast and listen, like it's just a strong community of people. Yeah, and uh, I like that that. It's it's a good example as well of like we could promote it, but we deliberately don't. And it's a good example of having a small number of people who really, really are in line with you is far better than a huge number of people who don't really have a, any form of relationship with you or very minimal at best. Completely agree. We could also change what we talk about. Guess what? We could not talk about The Last Samurai. We could not talk about mm-hmm. 300. We could not talk about these things that we are important to us and, you know, enjoyable to us. And we could replace that with how, how to go from zero to 10 K a month in, in two months. We could replace that with stuff that we know a lot of people really want to hear. Yeah. Simply to get more downloads, get more listeners, get more ratings, get more money, whatever, but we don't because it's not fun. Yeah. It's, it's, well, yeah. I mean, that's the main it's reason. Killing souls. Yeah. That really is it. If we want to go deep, it's like, because I, I would sleep worse at night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because what do you, yes, get enough money. You know, there's all the, there's all the research everyone's heard make X and above that your happiness doesn't increase. And it was like 70,000 or something. It might've even been I don't remember, you know, it's been a lot of inflation since then and who knows, but <laughs> government's it's, it's printing a lot, lot of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Shout out Bitcoin. But seriously, the, going from X savings, once you have enough and you feel good and you feel secure and then you double it and you quadruple it and you 8X it and whatever, all of that increasing it gives you less and less security and becomes more and more about ego. So it's it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. You said it more succinctly. It would kill our souls. What? But what, Jordan, what is the most, unless you have something else to say? There? No, no. So there, there's a, a many really annoying things that people ask. And I'll, I'll say, I'll say two. They're like sort of unrelated. The first one is, uh, is specifically like more fitness related ish. It's when people message me um, and they're, they're like, do you have a video on this? And literally all they had to do was Google. Google my name with that topic and it would have come up immediately. It's just like, I'm like, I get so angry. I'm like, you, you, I know you didn't Google that. I know for a fact you didn't Google that. Um, and they'll DM you with that question? All, every day. Every single day. Um, recently, the most common one has been people who, who will say, hey, whatever happened to your coffee experiment? I didn't see it. And I'm like... Number one, you clearly didn't check my YouTube because it's like the second most recent video. But yeah, so number two, Jordan Syatt coffee would get you. <laughs> it will come right up. I think I think people don't know how to use Google. Is what I really think it is. I think a lot of people don't know how to use Google. I I find that impos- near impossible to believe. There are times though when I tell people like, well, did you like just Google that question? And they're like, oh, I didn't think about that. It's like, you know, you could literally type that question into the Google machine and the answer will come up. I, and I think, I feel like people just don't, there are people who don't know how to use Google, which is, 
infuriating to me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that or do they just want a response from you? It's do a good question. they want to be seen by... I haven't thought about the behavioral aspect of it. Maybe. Which is the first time you have ever yeah. not thought about the yeah. I just let my rage come out. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the other annoying thing, and this isn't fitness related, is when people essentially come into my my DMs and demand that I post about something, mm. and I'm like, there are terrible things going on every single day all over the world, but Be- for whatever reason, because this one thing comes across your desk you've decided that every person you follow must post about it because it means something to you. It's like, mm-hmm. if like it, it blows me away the intensity with which people demand me to post about certain things An expectation. Oh. And it's different for every person. Every single imagine. person. Like what, what's important to this person. What's a hot button news issue today oh, for this person yeah. compared to this person. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's unfortunately seems to be part of, whatever this weird shift in culture over the last few years. Yeah. The like sharp cultural divide we're yeah. going through right now. Yeah. I don't have much to add on that. Unfortunately, I feel like you're living right. You're not on social media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, wor- I'm right. weaning my way off. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually considering working because I've, I've gotten my schedule pretty dialed over the last few weeks. Yeah. Not to jinx anything, because sometimes when I say <laughs> things on the podcast, I <laughs> jinx them. But uh, I've been considering adding a little time slot in late in the day, kind of before I coach Gary. I've, I've been doing two programs a day, which is I used to wait and let it build up, build up, build up, and then do most or all on Saturday and Sunday. And I've been doing two programs a day, which has been working really well. I'm like more fresh, more excited for designing everyone. That's good. But adding in a little time slot like that, which is 15 minutes of replying to DMs or like. Really? Yeah. Nice. Specifically Instagram. Yeah. I mean, because I'm, I'm active on email, you know, no one Snapchats me anything meaningful. It's all just like <laughs> trash. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so specifically Instagram. I've also curated my Twitter pretty hard so that I have been consuming on Twitter, but it's... Have you? Yeah, it's not, it's not fitness and... Oh, good. I stay off the news. <laughs> oh, good. <It's> not, <laughs> um, but more like crypto finance Got stuff. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I've been thinking about that. But yes, I, I can't, I'm not going to say anything. I can't cause... relate on your level to <laughs> the number of annoying requests. That, <laughs> I feel like there could be a list of every time you use the, the you staring picture is like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on. All right. One or three. Three. Number three. How long to stay at a calorie goal before reassessing slash making changes? You know what? I'm going to give you the opportunity to audible because I feel like I didn't pick these questions that intelligently. If you want to talk about something more business or social media related in this moment, because because oh. the fourth one is is about sleep. I'm good with talking about this. Sweet, and, and then right. if we have time, we'll go into something else. Um, how long to stay at a calorie deficit before adjusting? Yes, there's no definitive time frame it really comes down to when your progress when you're no longer making progress um i would say if you've stalled once i think once you stall that's when the clock begins hmm. right and there are many caveats here so for example if you're in a calorie deficit and you're oh there's so much to talk about but let's say for example you're uh you're four weeks in and you're six pounds down in four weeks. That's an average of more than one pound a week. So if you go for those four, for for uh, your four weeks in, and then you don't lose any more weight for the next two weeks, the countdown hasn't started yet because you are still averaging more than one pound a week. The countdown will then start at six weeks 
because now you've got no point. Okay, well, the average is now one pound a week. And if you're still stalled, now the countdown begins. When the average starts to get to a point in which it is below what you would want to expect, mm-hmm. right? So if, if you get to four weeks in, you're six pounds down and you, you don't lose weight for two more weeks, just because you haven't lost weight doesn't mean you've stalled. It just means like your body's catching up and it doesn't mean you're not making progress. So for me, once the average of what you're expecting is is getting too low, mm-hmm. that's when you start tracking. That's when you start the, the the clock begins. For me, I wouldn't make changes for at least two weeks, oftentimes up to four weeks of a true stall. Usually, because more often than not, it's a user error, not the calories not working. And mm-hmm. by that, I mean they're eating more than they think they are. They're not moving as much as they say that they're moving. Uh, there's issues going on that have nothing to do with the calories you've given them and have much more to do with them not following instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so, so I would say if everything is dialed, if everything is perfect, if you've accounted for, for, for calories, if you've accounted for steps, if you've accounted for sleep, if you've accounted for alcohol, for all of it, then I, I would say two to four weeks after the stall has begun, then you can consider either reducing calories or increasing activity. Mm-hmm. I think for a smaller petite individual, because their calories are already going to be so low, the best first step is to increase steps as opposed to decreasing calories. Mm-hmm. This is something I don't see a lot of people talk about very much. And this is where I see so much hate for the 1200 calorie number. I'm like, if you really hate that number, you've never coached a small individual. Yeah. Like yeah. there are many people who are like barely five feet or yep. even slightly higher, like five, one, five, two, who are small, very relatively lean. Co- coach a 40 year old, 4'11", 125 pound woman. Yeah. Yeah, yep. exactly. And telling them like they should be eating at least 1800, like get <laughs> out of here. What is wrong with you? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just not culturally acceptable to say that right now, but it's, it's true. And the culture is driven by, by silliness. It's not driven by correct in, in that regard and, and driven by a lack of, uh, a lack of experience among a lack of coaching experience from those individuals. Yeah. So, but, yeah, but yeah, I like that idea of moving more rather than always just driving intake further down. Yeah. So that's what I would say. It's a great answer. I'm, I mean, we're very much on the same page. I think, you know, to truly call it a plateau, it has to be of a certain duration. And most importantly, you have to be very confident either as a coach with what that person's eating or as an individual who's struggling that you are actually very close to your targets consistently. Yeah. That inconsistently means every day. It, it doesn't mean six days a week you're close to your 1,700 calories and then every Saturday you have <laughs> 4,200 calories. Yeah. Like, and and from, from being in that range, from being, you know, within 100 or 200 calories on a daily basis of your targets, um, then if the scale hasn't moved and waste measurements have not moved to account for some recomposition – I, I usually say 14 to 17 days is what I've said historically, but pushing that to three weeks before making an adjustment. Yeah. And for whatever it's worth, um, as a coach, it can be very difficult if your client is consistently coming at you every day, like, it's not working. I need a change. I need a change. And I know f- from firsthand experience, in your mind, I'm just going to change their calories because that's what they want. That's a very poor way to go about coaching. You're yeah. just changing the calories to appease your client. Mm-hmm. That is the, that's just, that's bad coaching. Yeah. It's just a yep. bad, you're, yep. you're changing what you know is right to make your client happy as opposed to doing what you know is right because that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's your responsibility as the coach. Like this is part of coaching. This is one of the, the, negative aspects of coaching is sometimes the personal interactions can be difficult, but that's your job. That's what you've signed up for by being a coach. Mm -hmm. So it's your responsibility to say like, Hey, listen, you're allowed to be frustrated with this progress if you want to be, but this is normal. So just please understand your frustration at something that's as normal as the sky being blue is slightly ridiculous. So if you keep asking me to change your calories, we're going to have to have a separate discussion. So Either you trust me to do the right thing 
or you don't. And if you don't trust me, then why are you working with me? And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you hire me yeah. in the first place if you want to pick your own calorie Correct. intake? Exactly. Yeah. I, I I really like you reiterating that, especially because it's not easy for a coach, especially a you know, a young coach or a new coach to have those disagreeable moments and yeah. and hold firm in what they know to be right in the in the midst of that conflict. And so just reinstilling that confidence because it's going to hurt you and it's going to hurt your client in the long run. It's, so, it can be even more difficult when you're an early coach and you don't have that many clients. And in your mind, you're like, if they cancel, then I'm not going to be making this money anymore, which is a valid fear. Like they might cancel, but for whatever it's worth, from my experience, when you take control like that, they actually respect you more and they will stay on for longer. That if you appease them and change their calories, you might buy yourself another month, but they'll be gone. But if you actually stay consistent with what you believe and what you know is right, and they actually trust and respect you, that will buy you another, it could be a lifetime client. Mm. So it's the harder choice. I, I wish I had someone saying this in my ear when I was a young coach starting out, because mm -hmm. I made that mistake as a young coach Same. over yep. and over and over again, because I was worried about the next paycheck or the next PayPal deposit. Yeah. But yeah. like, uh, yeah, I, I wish I had someone whispering this in my ear growing up, like, Hey, it's okay. Like just hold firm and do what's right. Yeah. Tips for better sleep, our final question of the day. Tips for better sleep. We, we can rattle them off. I mean, first of all, there have been books written on this that are going to do a much better job than what we give you in this moment. But do the things you know that you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Get blackout curtains if you don't have them. More pillows, comfortable I bed. I need blackout curtains. I need those. I'll, I'll send you a link. Thanks. Uh, room and, and the link is going to be, I'm going to type in blackout curtains in Amazon. I'm going to pick the one with the highest rating and most reviews. I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game changer. Uh, room temp between 60 and 68 Fahrenheit. Um, you know, if you're drinking loads of caffeine, pay attention to your caffeine intake and pay attention to the timing of your caffeine intake. Uh, and, and this is if you're having trouble sleeping, you want to sleep better. Um, and that's quality or quantity. Put your phone down. Get off social media. Hmm. Don't be scrolling in in bed. Not only the act of scrolling, but also like this, it's a stimulus, right? Like depending on what you're looking at, maybe watching something, some relaxing, funny show, great. Um, but if, if you're getting a barrage of like cortisol spikes from reading political debates on Twitter at 1116 laying in bed, like what are you doing? <laughs> That, don't <laughs> that's the worst part about it is like you could be getting tired like feeling like bed coming on <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'll just check my instagram one last time before bed you're lying down and you just see this ridiculous post that infuriates you like it yeah. punches you in the nose yeah. and you're just like what the is or, going or someone leaves you a bad comment oh god right yeah then, and like, then you get pissed yeah pacing around your apartment what's going on like i'm gonna lose my business people hate me this sucks screw this person should i block them maybe i should send them back an angry message like and you're up for four more hours <laughs> yeah so finding a way to put the phone down um and and if you're going to be on your phone you know, don't be on social like that, but also have, you know, I, I am pretty sure all phones have a blue light blocking feature on the phone that you can set to, it's called night mode and you can set the time for that. So two hours before you plan on falling asleep, at least put your phone on night mode. I actually have my phone on night mode 24 hours a day. So it's a little yellow tint. I don't really care. Just I'm not, I get blue light from life, not from, from this screen. And I actually bought those these glasses off Amazon for 10 bucks. I think they them? get, they get delivered today Oh, nice! because I being back in the city, adjusting to new routine, I'm watching more TV at night and the TV doesn't have a uh, blue light blocker. Yeah. So I'm throwing the, I'm going to throw the glasses on and uh, try that out. Nice. I have the glasses, but I never wear them. How are they? You know me, like I'm not good with this stuff. Like I'm, you know what? We were talking about this the other day. I'm like so like unaware of like how things affect me sometimes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Like if I had like ate something weird, like 
for some, for someone else, maybe they're like, Oh, my stomach feels bad. And for me, I'm like, Oh, I didn't notice. Like, like for whatever reason, I just don't notice how things, how I respond to certain things, Mm -hmm. unless I actually pay attention for it's different when I'm in the gym or movement based stuff training, like I'm hyper aware, but like things like, Oh, do these glasses help me sleep better? It's like, I don't know if I want to go to sleep, I'll just close my eyes. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So yeah, I haven't really noticed a difference with that. I've played with night mode on my phone. I didn't really notice a difference. I didn't really pay attention to it. The one thing I have is when I've had not even blackout curtains, but the apartment that that I'm in now, the curtains don't block light at all. They're like, I don't know, they come with the building. They're like this mesh type. I don't know. It's like there are holes in it. So it, it just sun blasts in my face every day. But like when I would go to a hotel mm-hmm. and they'd have curtains and I could close them, I'd sleep way better. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. So I, I know I need to get actual curtains. Dude, there's a crazy, gosh, I don't remember which book this is from. It's not the Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep, I think is the name of it. It's it's Sean Stevenson. I Don't quote me on that. I don't remember. <laughs> but it's a sleep book that you, yeah. Google would would show it to you, but that's how the Google machine works. (laughs) But there was this crazy study that he referenced where uh, they 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 have someone all wired up and are doing like a sleep tracking study, and they have the control in pitch black, and then they have another group that gets a dime sized, like the size of a dime amount of blue light on their leg, on the back of no their way. knee while they sleep. Uh-huh. What? And and there's like a drastic difference in sleep quality between the two groups. So it's not even sun beaming That's in like crazy. hitting your eyeballs and, and keeping you up. It's literally that amount disrupts sleep. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I know some people like the the things that they put over their eyes. Like the mask, I've never liked that. I find it claustrophobic. I I get like a, I always keep pick, picking it up just to peek out from underneath it. <laughs> you would, <laughs> like, you would. <laughs> like I can't go to bed because every like minute I'm like, is someone there? <laughs> someone there? <laughs> like I'm prime time putting myself in a situation where I'm just asking for something bad to happen to me. <laughs> he got murdered in his sleep. If only he wasn't wearing those. I feel like those masks are just sleep like, masks. yeah, it's asking to be murdered or someone to play a prank on you. It's just like, who's there? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I become hyper aware to all my sounds. Right. So like every Creek, I'm like, who is that? <laughs> I pick it up and I pick it up and I pick it up. I can't have those masks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, those are those are a few ideas on how to get better sleep and just put your phone down and close your eyes. And- if I wanted to, to murder somebody, then I would send them a mask, a sleep mask, and that's right? when you as go a gift, them? and then it'd be ready, right? Like that's that would be the ideal way because they're just it's the art of war, right? Unless, if you've never read that book, right? the art of war. They were hyper aware of sound like you are. When- no, then I would probably try and buy some moccasins or something so i'd be super super quiet why are you trying to kill people jordan i'm not but i'm saying if i if that everyone has like the life oh how is how would i do that right it's like i would send them a mask a sleep mask so i'd be like and i'd write a nice note hey get a nice night of sleep (laughs) (laughs) and with that thank you very much for listening (laughs) and here's some earplugs as well (laughs) yeah we really do need to wrap up though because it's it's 2.56. Oh, I have a call. Got it. Okay. Perfect. Sweet. Great episode. This great. We got through all the questions. This was fun. If you would like to leave us a review and you haven't yet, we would really, really, really appreciate it. Written reviews help. Five stars are the best. Ones are the worst. Uh, yeah. Thank you. That's it. Have a good one. See you very soon. Bye.